Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. We're good, man. We're golden. Hey, now. Now we're golden. Now golden we... pony boy. Exactly. Now we're the opinionated podcast. We have a very special guest. If you're a kid of the eighties, if you grew up in the eighties until now, if you watch cartoons like I did, we have David K. If you watch any cartoon, it's a good chance that you heard <laughs> this man's voice. Okay, yeah. So, uh, no, there's a lot, of, there's a lot <laughs> I wanted to do and it didn't do, but, uh, but it, yeah, it's, there's a few of them. Yeah, really? We're gonna get Let, into that. Let's start off. Sure. Here, Kim. Start off early. Trust me. We listen. We can uh, get into that. So you was uh, grown. You grew up in Canada. I, uh, I see right here. And um, yeah, as growing yeah. up as Canada, young child, being a voice actor for uh, cartoons and stuff like that. What were some of the cartoons like you you know you watched that was out? Because back then you had the uh, Scooby Doo, the Jetsons. Uh, yeah, all of that. All of that Yogi stuff, Bear, Looney yeah. Tunes. I watched all of that. Is um, I watched a lot of a lot of a lot of those shows. Uh, uh, Bugs Bunny. And it's kind of weird because my 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 buddy uh, Eric Bowser, you know, he's this uh, Filipino Canadian kid, and uh, he's the new Bugs Bunny. And <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's. I grew up on Mel Blanc. I grew up on all those crazy characters. I uh, Tex Avery. Some weird, weird stuff. Um, um, I didn't. I, I watched. I remember watching some GI Joe, but a lot of stuff I watched. I was in the famous Monsters of Filmland magazine. Uh, my friend and I were all into monsters and and masks and uh, uh, a guy named uh, was it um, Ray Harryhausen? He was uh, he was a British guy. Made all these crazy masks. Uh, the early Dracula. The early, I was into the uh, Phantom of the Opera. The old like the old black and white, you know, stuff. I uh, that always freaked me out as a kid. I I, I still prefer. The original, uh, you know, it's, it was scary to me, and I was a big fan. It was, um, uh, uh, what was it, the Christmas, Christmas Carol? It was uh, Charles Dickens, the old original black and white one. I, that's that's the stuff. It was creepy. I, yeah, it's creepy. There's something about uh, this, those old movies, man. I, I, I still love them. And so all that informed me as a kid growing up to come up. I was mimicking and coming up with these voices. Little did I know that it would actually lead to something. I just thought I was being an being an idiot, you know, uh, in, in school and getting in trouble and, and being put in the hall and, uh, you know, um, yeah. So it's, it's, and, and you guys, you know, telling me that is, uh, I mean, that hits me in the heart because you, you don't really think of that you, as, as a, when you're doing these, these voices and, and characters from your, when somebody says I grew up with you and, and, uh, I want, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty surreal, um, to think because, um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's <laughs> it's true. It's, I'm still, I'm still, it's true. Like, I'm still, you know, I'm like in like like mid mid to late fifties somewhere in there, and I'm still basically a kid goofing around. It's I have not really haven't changed since second grade. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now you brought you brought up a, a legendary name in Mel Blanche. You know, he was yeah. a voice of Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, uh, mm-hmm. Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, Woody Woodpecker. Uh, yeah. Barney from the Flintstones, like Mr. Spacely, like, like, do you see him as like maybe one of the goats of voice actors? Cause oh he God, grew yeah. a lot of people up. Yeah. Greatest of all time. No doubt. I mean, I mean, he, it just was flawless. 
you know, um, I just think he opened his mouth and it just happened. And I see that in, in Eric Bowser, who's, who's taken over the, you know, the Bugs Bunny stuff. It just, I don't know what it is. It just, it just, just happens. And, and all my career in life, all I wanted, wanted to do is, is to kind of, uh, when I get a script in or something to read it on the computer, I open my mouth and something happens. That's the hope. Cause sometimes it doesn't always happen and you're searching around, but all these voices and stuff I come up with, they're all from my past. They're all from real people I've heard. They're all from, um, man, you want, you want to pick up some voices, go to Vegas and sit like in a, in a corner bar in a, in a, in a casino somewhere. Just sit there with a beer or, you know, your, your favorite beverage and listen to people walk by and talk because you, you're going to hear all oh, this is, it's all gold. It's all, there's, there's the guy with the, with the thing in his, I'm going to be over here at the slot machines, you know, talking about, and that's a, that's a real person, right? And there's the other guy uh, that's kind of talking like this, you know, and, oh my God, that's a real person. Um, and, and it's, it's it, literally the real people. And, and so you take all that and, and sometimes you get a script in and you look at it and go, well, that kind of, kind of works for that. So, uh, yeah, all, wow. my all my life has been basically homework leading up leading up to this. It's, it's all in my head. It's all I hear these voices in my head, you know, all the time. There was a guy today. We just got back from lunch out in Ventura, in Ventura, and and, and there's a table beside. It's an older guy, an older gentleman, and he's there with his his uh, his, his wife his, and his granddaughter, and and oh, he's talking like this. And we're just gonna. I tried to get them to get some desserts there, but they weren't. They weren't biting on it. They didn't want to have. And he's talking. And I go, Oh my God! Listen to his voice. It's wonderful. <laughs> How do you store those voices in your memory banks? It's. I don't know. It, it's a. Uh... It's like, for example, you guys remember Beast Wars, you know, the Transformers yes, thing. That was so, one of my favorite. So, uh, so, so this guy, like when I remember getting the uh, audition, man, I was uh, must have been back in what? 96, 96. So well, it, it came be, out it 96. Yeah. So it would have been 94 that we were reading for this stuff. Right. And uh, I guess the, I got, my I got my, the yes button. I got it handy. <laughs> um, but. I remember going in. I had no idea about the original G1 series, right? And I had a stack of papers, and it—it's it, 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 like a, you know, it's like a, what do you call it? The uh, they call you know the Bible, where it's like all the characters, the relationship to each other, you know, drawings. They have like a description, what they might sound like, and I'm looking. I have no. I, I'm looking at all this stuff. And this is going to be fun. Uh, Transformers, cool. I think I remember hearing about that. I'm going through that. I'm leafing through and I go, well, there's the bad guy. I'm going to go for him. And there's the good guy. I'll go for him. And then there's a couple ancillary characters I was going to read for. But I remember Megatron kind of, I looked at it and it just, it, 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 it was kind of very Shakespearean to me and the way it was written sort of. And thank God I paid attention a little bit in, in, in English. Um, because, you know, I'm like, I, I, other than that, and I thought, well, who, who are the, who are the English, uh, Shakespearean types that I think of? I think, okay, Anthony Hopkins is, he's one of it, you know, and then there's Sean Connery and, and, you know, James Bond. And I think, well, what if I kind of, you know, mess around and, and come up with this, uh, uh, you know, yes, excellent, you know, should, you know, to be or not to be, that is the question. Holy shit. Remind yourself of the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Dang. You know, I mean, it's this whole, (laughs) it's so I kind of went with that. I put a bit of a list in because he's, he's a, you know, obviously a dinosaur. So yes, there's a thing. Um, And so I kind of created this voice and I, I, and they liked it and they called me back for both Optimus and Megatron. And I got to the callback when there's nobody else in the room. And I went, oh, this is kind of cool. I'm the only one in the waiting room. 
and they read me for Optimus first, and I can't remember what it did for him. Uh, and then I, I remember Megatron, and I remember behind the glass, they're all kind of nodding their head. They're all, you know, they're all like the meerkats, you know, like that. <laughs> um, and uh, and so that's what they, they, they bought. Because literally, to be honest with you guys, I went in, I had no idea what it was going to do. I like, you know, some people, you may talk to actors and, and they're like, oh, well, I, you know, I, I, I wrote, I scripted the page and I wrote some stuff and I, and I thought of, and I watched the movie. I had, I was like, I had nothing. I had literally nothing. <laughs> but do you, do you understand how legendary those characters was in your world? Like for us, when Beast right, Wars absolutely. came, when yeah. Beast Wars came out for me as a kid, it was reboot and Beast yeah. Wars. It was his yeah, first right. digital cartoon. It was something so new. And I grew up on Transformers, so to yeah. get the voice as one of the legendary guys as Megatron, because remember, like, Megatron had the the like the raspy voice in the original uh, Transformers. Yeah, I can't do it Frankie, that good. Yeah, Frankie, yeah, yeah. But we grew up on as like young kids. We grew up on your Megatron watching the Beast Wars. Like, <laughs> so that's 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 so that's so cool because it's like it, it makes me I'm speechless. You know. Uh, because we just thought we went in and did this thing, and we're all joking around and doing voices, and there's other cartoons. We're having this show where well, we used to go in in the morning, man, and record this at Old Pinewood Studios, which is now a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tall uh, comp. I built. I haven't been to Vancouver for many years, um, but it's a it's a condo complex. It's, you know, like everything. It's, there's nothing there now, but buildings. And uh, we used to sit in and have coffee, and and we used to. Uh, tell stories and goof around and joke and 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 then we'd kind of run through the script and we go in and we record it and we never really thought about we that's all we sort of thought about uh and, and then it was not till many years later uh when i was in tf animated uh is is optimus and we it was bumper robinson um and i and tara strong and we we're on a panel and some woman put her hand up and said so i just want to say you know, thank you so much for, you know, you guys are great. And, 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 uh, and her little, her little boy was there. I just wanted, you know, this is my little boy is, I can't remember his name. It may, I think it was Carson or something like that. Or, and, and he's, and, uh, she said, I just want to let you know that, that, you know, my son was in hospital for, for a long time. And I, he, I, he had some serious pride. I don't know what he was fine, but he went through some, I think he went to hell and back, uh, to be honest with you. Um, mm -hmm. but she said, I just want to let you know, she started to tear up said you know he's she he watched the, the cartoons and it i think it really kept him going and it kept him positive and it kept him i went oh it kind of just nailed me you know and i went yeah. and that's when i kind of thought oh you know what because i used to think all my friends had these really cool jobs like you know uh architects and and, and doctors and, and 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 lawyers and teachers and stuff and they're all great I thought they were, well, they're doing important work, brain surgery, you know, saving people's lives. But then I, and she said that to me and I went, okay, that lands because we, we do do something that does help people. And I've had letters written and people tell me that, you know, you're the character you played and then it's, it helps. I think I'm the reason you're, the character is because I'm alive today. You know, you're, it's like, whoa. Um, wow. So I don't take it for granted. I never did, but I really don't take it for granted anymore because it's, as I guess is what we do is we, we, we tell stories, we create characters and, and, um, you know, it's the same idea. If I digress just a second here, my, one of my mentors, Don Fontaine, who invented in a world, you know, who, <gasps> what reason why I do trailers is, um, as a Don and he invented that, that phrase in a, in world. a world, 
because when he was at Paramount, he wrote those words. Because when you go to a movie theater, think about this. When you go, into, uh, have you guys been in the movie theater recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 just a couple, a couple so, days ago. Man, I miss. Uh, it's such such a great experience for me. And, and you go in there, and the lights come down, and there's all of a sudden the scene that you know it comes up, and, and a voice is in a world many years yeah. ago. You know, and, you, and it takes you out of the shitty life that you may be having on the outdoors and takes you into this wonderful other world and it takes you out of yourself and into this thing. And you yep. don't want to think about, you know, uh, what you can, you want to, you want to be immersed in this, this, you know, and that's what the voice is supposed to do. So it takes you out of, you know, this in, into something, you know, in this other, other world that, um, and, and it makes us all, you know, feel good. Um, so, so, you know, uh, I, I realized then, that, uh, yeah, you know, what we do is important because it's, it's – and I tell people, uh, that, you know, never take it for granted what, what, what you're doing. You know, maybe doing a goofy voice and having fun, but you're making somebody's – you're bringing joy to people. And that's all I really think about these days. I, I, um, I'm i rambling a bit here, but I just kind of – No, not at all. Not my, at all. No, my uh, publicist, Michelle, <clears throat> I always used to say, well, like, what am I – what am I just listen? I, I want you. It was during the pandemic when, when it was all, you know, the height of the pandemic and it was pretty dark. We we're all feeling pretty crappy and we weren't really to know what was going to happen. And, you know, people are dying. She said, listen, your job is not to, you know, um, other people I thought were making a, a great comments and I wanted to support. He said, listen, she said, your job is to bring joy to people. I really keep it simple. And, and, and that's what you I want you to, so, to focus on. So that's what I do. Uh, that's what I try and do is just to bring a little joy to someone. Um, wow. and, uh, and that's it. That, that really is the, <laughs> you know, from a goofing around in second grade and being sent to the hall ends up, you know, creating joy for somebody. Well, I'm all in. I'll do that. I'll do it over again. I, I do that again. <laughs> yeah. You, you see, you, you don't, you, un, you don't understand like growing up as a kid, we, you gave us valuable lessons that you don't remember, don't remember probably being General Hawk and GI Joe, and yeah. at the end, known as half the battle. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. that American hero, the true yeah. American hero. We would, yeah. all kids at that age would stay and watch GI Joe just to get that message, and you would try to apply it as a kid going out yeah. in the streets. It didn't work all the time, but you know, we tried to apply it to our. Yeah. Look, 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 Stan Lee. You guys know Stan Lee. I mean, he yeah. is. His vision from the beginning, and this man was way ahead of his time, uh, all about, you know, I- inclusion and, and, and positivity. And that was, he was all about that. And, um, and I'm so glad I got to meet him before he passed because I wanted to tell him that, you know, he, he, um, uh, he was one of the, you know, uh, well, I mean, the OG, man. I mean, he's the original, I, I don't know, Stan to me was like this, it's too bad Jack Kirby couldn't have stuck around a little longer. Uh, as well, but to Stan uh, meant a lot to a lot of us growing up um, uh, for uh, many things. And, and I remember meeting Stan uh, was Mark Hamill and I, and Stan Lee, and all these people were in doing a, uh, some uh, Avengers Assemble. And, and I, I played Jarvis in Avengers Assemble. Yes, sir, right, right, right. of course, sir. You know, incoming, sir. Yes, I would do all that stuff. For Iron Man. Then I uh, eventually became the, the, the Paul Bettany character, uh, Vision, who's a version of this sort of thing here. Yes, I'm a symbiote, sir. Yes, sir. So a bit of a raspy voice, uh, like like a, a Paul Bettany. Um, so it became that. And then I was cast as a few other characters in Avengers Assemble. And then um, they cast me as uh, as um, uh, Ben and Von Simo. So Ben and Von Simo. 
uh, this this here, yeah, he plays a, a vital role and dies a, a wonderful death at the end of his scene and uh, at the end of the series. And and Stanley came in on that when I was working with Hamill and I was my doing Baron, and uh, they brought us all in and there he is sitting there, all ninety three years old of him, you know. And, and he says, "What and, and and what what character do you do?" And I said, "Oh, uh, Mister, I just want to say, I mean, you were the reason I'm doing this, and and I was seven reading your comics, and and it's very nice. Well, give me a little uh, Zemo. Give me what's he sound like?" And I he says, "Well, Mister Stanley, it's Vernon von Zemo. It's a pleasure to meet you." And I whatever I did, uh, and he said, "Oh, very good, very good. Yes, yes, excellent." Uh, and we got a picture taken together, and it was just like, uh, oh my god! So I met my hero. Who created these stories? And and I, uh, when I read as a kid in the comic books, and I I went away into my world uh, thanks to Stanley. But yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so all right, all right. So we we we're, we're like quiet, letting you talk because first of all, yeah, just, my brain is no, no, no. My brain just blew a a freaking gasket just now. <laughs> blew a gasket. Number one, you said you met Stanley. Yeah, man. Number one. Number one, and you was in there with Mark Hamill. Like, yeah, it was Mark's what? birthday. And here's here's another little inside thing. So we're in the episode, and Stan, because Stan's, you know, he's older, and and he leaves, and and we all had a little hey, you know, hey, and they left, and we're all okay, okay, guys, you know, back to work, and we all finished out our scene. He did his little cameo, and uh, I think it was Roger Craig Smith. I noticed that the size of the font on Stan's, uh, he would sit. I always stand when I when I when I do work. It's, it keeps me open, uh, but he, he of course sat down and, and on his uh, stand there with the microphone, the font he was reading from was like, like this big, you know. And, the, and we're all and, and Roger, look at the size of the font, you know. We're all like, oh my god, yeah. And Mark Hamill says that, hey, we should all be so lucky to have font that big one day. And then we all <laughs> like, yes, isn't that true? Let us live to be that long to have to have font that big, <laughs> and you know. Uh, yeah, and it was a cake for Mark. I mean, for me, it was a surreal day because it's like, you know, Luke Skywalker and uh, and Stanley. Batman. We're all like, yeah, you know, all that stuff. Uh, the Joker, of course. And, yes. and 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 I always think to myself, look, what am I doing in here? What the heck? How did I? How did I get? Uh, so the, that's another thing I I, I deal with. Uh, um, you know, yes. when they. When they ask me to do these things, I keep thinking, well, is there anybody else? Did you think of it? <laughs> yeah, sure. They want me, huh? Okay. You don't I see under, why. You don't yeah. understand. Like, <laughs> one of the most legendary cartoons I watched, and I don't know if you know how big it was, is one of the biggest animes out there. You was a part of Dragon Ball Z. Oh, and in part yeah. of one of the one of the series that actually blew the lid off the anime, which was the Freezer Saga, which you were a part yeah. of the Ginyu Force as Raccoon. Like, yeah. how did you... Raccoon. Rhymes with doom. Raccoon <laughs> boom. Too soon! You know, yeah. 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 You, you, we got to get a clean one of that again. So, what, I remember you <laughs> asked him, you asked, you asked Goku, hey guys, what's this guy's power level? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey guys, what's this guy's power level? Um... It's, uh, yeah, see, see, here's the thing. Anime, we did that in Vancouver at the Ocean Group. We used to come in separately all the time. Like, I hardly saw anybody else who was in the show. When we're doing prelay cartoons, like the G.I. Joe and stuff, we're all in there. It's like a, it's like a uh, you know, it's a radio play. But 
on those um, on anime, you come in and you know there's three beeps, beep beep beep, and then you follow the the lip flaps and you try and fit the dialogue that they've translated into into your character's line. Um, and so you'll come in for an hour or two and go through all your lines. Oh, take, take care, everybody. We'll see you next time. And then you leave and you have no idea who else is in the show. And we did seven seasons of uh, of uh, uh, Inuyasha, and I had no idea who anybody else was except <laughs> except Richard because I, I Richard's a friend of mine. And I knew he was in it. Um, and but the same as same as Dragon Ball Z, I didn't know who else was in it until we got to a convention. I go, oh, you're that guy, or you're that's you, you she's you're the so, it, yeah, it's it's a bit disjointed when you do an anime. They give you the, – the director gives you the backstory, like, okay, in this scene, you know, this is what's happening, so and so, because this happened and that happened. So you're getting set up because the, the script is, like, that thick. Yeah. You, get, you only do your lines. And so you had to get the backstory most of the time from the director telling you what's going on. You go, okay, you're imagining what's happening. Okay, okay. And then you got to fit the lip flaps and the dialogue into the flaps that are already drawn from the anime. So – yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a skill. Uh, once you get the hang of it, it's it, it's it's easy. But yeah, and having to yell and scream and fight is uh... <laughs> in all animes. I'm sorry, that's yeah. in every anime. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, oh my god! Yeah, and you have to know how to kiss you. You can blow you can blow the cords out, man. If you're not careful, and you're next day, you're like talk, talking like you know, you 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 can't do that. <laughs> yeah, because you you just breezed over one thing that's a, you you're goaded in another cartoon as one of the main protagonists in Inuyasha Shishimaru, no. who was Inuyasha's brother. Like, do you like how many people come up? To, <laughs> yeah, how many people come up to you and stop you when they see you? At, I know you go do Comic Con. Like, hey, you know, you were Shishimaru, and, and I wanted to be this guy. Or you see people dressed as your oh, character. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I was at the uh, uh, Game On Expo in Phoenix. Uh, a little while ago and uh, a lot of people uh you know come over and and it was a game con it's it, i go to some conventions and you're there for a particular reason or character but at every one of these uh there's a, a large swath of folks that will come over because um my association with inuyasha and currently yashihime and you know this shomer characters uh and he says that man i gotta tell you that was one of the coolest anime gigs because it got to be sort of an inside joke in the studio. I'd come in. That's when I was living in Canada at the time. And I came in. Literally, I had a chair set for me. I'd kind of sit back and put my legs up. And there was, like, low-level lighting because I, lo- I hate light. I'm like a vampire like that way. I like I like low-level lighting. I like the mood. You know, it sets everything up. And this, cause this character is kind of uh, dark. But he's, you know, I just started talking like this, you know, and I just did that. And he doesn't scream or yell. And it was the most relaxing hour or two i i had doing animation doing this character because he just kind of he was just hanging out you know jocking no jocking i have to go and sit in my lounger just chill out and and i just love that character um but it, it it's so many people uh over the years come up to me and that's the that's what they grew up with that's what that's their show and so uh, i i always i'm always worried that if i tell them that story they're going to think I didn't care. <laughs> no, I, I did. I just loved because I could just relax. I didn't have to do anything, you know. Um, oh, yeah, that's an awesome gig. That's what that you are like. blowing. You, that you don't understand. You are really? blowing my. You're blowing my mind right now yeah. because I watched and you watched in and out. Like, so now I, you know. Oh my! God. You just like you, you know. So, uh, picture me sort of sitting. No jocking. No, not this time. And 
and we go on. Okay, all right, got that one on to the next one. And the, the greatest bits were when there were no lip flaps or his head was turned away so you didn't have to fill it. You could, you could actually take your time and, and try and you really, really act the scene, you know, what's going on. Uh, my favorites were no lip flaps because I could, it's like, oh, no pressure's off now. Now it's even more relaxing. when you when you when you get these parts and i know you kind of breeze we talked about it earlier like like what really goes into just finding these characters i know there's an interesting story with each of them but like to me to have that many voices on tap just in your brain like oh you know what i'm gonna do this guy like hey what are you you know what i'm saying like (laughs) like where do you find that well it's like like i said earlier it's sort of uh so I, I want each of you, you know, uh, in your daily lives to start listening to people because that's really where it's from. It's about listening. I always say every character you do has to have a, a heart and a soul, has to live and breathe, cry, laugh. It has to be. It's it's a part of you, a part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say bring truth to the to any role you do because – you can tell when people, when, you know, you're, you hear something and, and you just think, I don't believe, I don't believe that person. I don't believe them. It, it's, it's, it sounds like they're reading or it sounds like they're, they're not, you know, the character. And my goal or my job is to try and really bring truth to a character and make it, make it real, uh, land it. Like when, when the, the, the Clank character came up, you know, almost, geez, 20 years ago now. Oh, Ratchet. Crap. Uh, Ratchet and Clank. Yes, Ratchet and Clank. So it it was a paragraph. It's uh, different from the Transformers world where they had all this stuff and information to the point of like, I don't know what to do. Uh, (laughs) Clank uh, came with a paragraph. Okay, it's a robotic character, uh, but we don't want him to sound too robotic. We want him to have a personality and blah, 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 blah. And that was it. And there was some dialogue. And I I don't know, it was like one page in in like – it filled like the top quarter of it. It was nothing. I said, geez, I don't know. And I sort of started, I started talking like, okay, a robot would be um, robotic, but I wanted to bring some humanity to him. So I would, instead of uh, saying the word, you know, can't, I would just, you know, say, I cannot, Ratchet. I cannot. This is, uh, this is not what I want to, I just, you know what I mean? I didn't, um, what's that word called? Maybe I didn't spend enough time in English class. Uh, you know, you, 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 the can't or the cannot. I, I just made sure he I gave him a bit of a robotic sense in, in that sense. But I really wanted to make people cry with this character. And I had an opportunity as it got into the movie where um, there's that, that scene where uh, they first meet. And, and you know, in, in the end where it's like, um, you know, uh, but Ratchet, you're my best friend. I wanted people to feel something like, oh, my God. And he's a robot. So he, he, I wanted him to have a soul and breathe, and that's why I tell everybody who's creating characters: they, this is part of your who you are as a human. So it's got to be in there, got to be believable. Um, uh, wow! So, so you know, you hear, you hear. Here's another thing, just a bit of thing. Bob Odenkirk from uh, yeah, Better Call Saul uh, and the Breaking Bad series. He did a little snippet on, on was it TikTok or something? I can't remember. And, and people say, you know, people ask me about acting and, you know, what, what, how do you this and what's important and, and how do you get – he said, you know what? At the end of the day, make life, make living your life the most important thing. Make that number one. You know, and it may be acting number two, three, four. Make, make your friends, your family, make, make you living your life number one because as an actor, all that, the important stuff uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it helps us create this character because we have – 
we have experience. We have life experience. We, we, if you travel, if you read, if you do as many things as you can to be curious about, about the world around you, that influences how you're going to play that character and how you're going to play, you know, this character. There's, there's, um, there's a reference point. So, again, it goes all the way back to the word truth, to be truthful, to be true to yourself and true to the character that has to come through. Whether you're doing a, a cartoon character, or I'm, I'm reading something for Fox Sports, or I'm reading something for whatever, it's uh, it has to has to be real. You know what I'm saying? Um, I understand it because you was on another show that I had many characters that you played many roles in, in Ben Ten. Oh, Every God, one yeah. of all these different characters from Cannonball, I see you was the grandfather. Yeah. yeah. That was like every day you're exhausted. Okay, what are they going to throw at me today? <laughs> but that's one of the reasons why they hire you. They they wanted people in that series who who could come with uh, you know a, a bag full of tricks. You know, Grandpa Max is you know I, I was uh, Omniverse. I played a bunch of things, um, but when Grandpa Max I was cast in, it was like okay, now I guess I'm getting older because I'm getting robots and grandpas now, which is uh, <laughs> is, is that a good thing? I guess uh, you know. But Grandpa Max Range. is basically, yeah, basically me. Like, come on, Ben, what the Sam Hill? Like, you know, it's like that's like my uncle or my, or, you know, my dad or whatever. That's that's who, who who Grandpa Max is. But he has a backstory because we, there's a lot going on, a lot more to Grandpa Max than we, we realize. Uh, and then the characters, the aliens, uh, that was fun. Uh, you had to kind of use your, you know, Frankenstrike. I use like Frankenberry, the, the cereal we all grew yeah. up with. Remember the Count Chocula and, and <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> I use that sort of voice, Frank Frankenberry. Um, I, I got from that, and there was some old TV show. I come up with Scourge. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Robbie the Robot or something. And and his voice was in here. But he, he talked like this all the time, very musical. And uh, I don't know. He, they did something with that. And then there's the uh, you know Shock Squatch from Omniverse. That's my uncle Terry. Hey, Uncle Terry. He's from Canada. Eh? So uh, you kind of I threw that in a bit there. A little of the accent. You know, he's big and kind of goofy. Hey, pull my finger. You know, I've been that kind of guy. Um, so you just kind of start <laughs> playing around. Because they're going to they're, they're ask you to. Uh, you're a cannibal. You're a cannibal. You know, I mean, so or was it Cannonball Blaster Ball? I can't remember. No, can, it was it was Cannonball. <laughs> I it think, was, no, yeah. it, no, it was Cannonball. 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 Thank you. Yeah. God. Uh, I'm getting old, you see. I can't remember anything anymore. <laughs> um but, yeah, yeah. I'm geeking. So that's, that's a real character too. Like think about think about our elders. Think about your your your, your grandfather, and think about the people you see in the street. There's people that talk like this when I was a young one, and the, they get a little sloppy because their addiction is not as good, or they've had a couple of beer or something, you know. And um, <laughs> and it just it it all comes from a different part of the body. It comes from sometimes it comes from up here. Um, sometimes it comes from here, uh, the softness in the voice and Sashomaru is, you know, breathy and comes from this area, you know, and some of, so you can make some people bigger. You can make some people very small, you know, very tiny. And, um, you just, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> how do you practice that? How do you practice? <laughs> I just, I just kind of just start talking. You can't ever be afraid to grow up. I'll tell you that much. You, you, you can never grow up because you, you, you got to keep playing. And I'll be in the car. Um, we moved out to Ventura County uh, last year from L.A., but I still drive into L.A. And so I had like 50 minutes, 45 minutes or so if I have to go in for anything. To, to, I, I might sit in the car and 
I make sure nobody can see me because, I mean, if people can see me around, they're going to go, what's with this guy? <laughs> um, and you can, and I'll, and here's another little game I can play. And, and, and I, you're going to start doing this. I know it because it's it, <laughs> when you're driving, you see somebody walking and, and every, every one of us has a different kind of walk or a thing. It's like you, you imagine if we were aliens and we'd look at our, our human beings go, <laughs> they're weird beings, man. Uh, and you see people, you know, the way they walk or whatever, they have a certain gait. Um, and you imagine what they might sound like. You know, uh, I've seen people cross the street and I'll give them voices. You know, and I'll just sort of uh, give them a voice, and, and sometimes some some gold comes out, and I can I can use it. <laughs> I think if I'm by myself, yeah. then I would 100 percent do that. If I'm oh, with my yeah. wife, she's gonna look at me like, "Get out!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. You got to be by number one. You got to be by yourself. Make sure no one else can see you doing it. And if you see somebody walking, just come up with a little, uh, you know, "Hey, man, what uh, you know for this guy, this guy here, you know, maybe." Uh, and if you're not Appalachian, you're up an iron like that in a hillbilly. You know, you get that. Or, you you know, you're in New York and you're in New Jersey. You see some guy walking across. Hey, fuck you. Hey, come on. Hey. You know, and you, if something happens, and you just kind of you know, mimic things that you think might they might sound like. Uh, it's just, it's fun. <laughs> Can I tell you something weird? It passes time. <laughs> Can I tell you something weird? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is because, and 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 this is just me thinking after you said that, if we try to mimic things, the things that's going to come to my mind is the, the stuff that we heard you do in the past. Yeah. Those are the voices I that know. I do, especially yeah, I if know. I like bring it way down here and you know, all that type of stuff. Yeah. I'm going but, off of, but let me say, let me tell you something else. And a valuable piece of information is nobody like you. And, and it's, it sounds kind of like, Oh, you know, oh, kumbaya. but look, you were, it wasn't until I was, uh, I've been scratching trailers for, I don't know, 13, 15 years, whatever. And I'm, I'm starting to get, hire a little more and they're asking for me and I'm starting to get a little, you know, uh, it's taking a long time because it's a tough business to, to, uh, you know, to crack and to, to maintain. Uh, but I, I was so frustrated one day. It was, I guess about maybe four or five years ago that the Clint Eastwood movie came out, of, uh, was of the Olympics in Atlanta. Um, uh, Richard, Richard Jewell, he was, and, uh, I had some success up until that point. And then I, I looked at it. I went, man, I, I was having one of those days where I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. Is this any good? What? And I just, I got the script, and it was a very um, short script. And these sometimes these trailers are, and it basically said, uh, you know, Richard Jewell in theaters Friday, in theaters next Thursday, uh, blah blah blah, rated PG thirteen. And I went, you know, I'm just going to do that because I haven't got a clue. I just did nothing. I just stepped up. Went, Richard Jewell, Richard Jewell, rated PG thirteen. And because uh, I, I watch the trailer on the, that's online first, you kind of get a feel for the music and what it's like. Uh, and you kind of just give a few reads and ABC or whatever and, a, and then a couple different versions and send it in. And I went, I, I, who knows, man? That's all I got. And, of course, they call me and says, hey, they love you for the uh, the Clint Eastwood movie. And, and also they want to put you on Warner Brothers. Want to put you on some other film that's coming out with so-and-so. And, and they want to know if it, I said, wow, um, I didn't do anything. And my manager said, exactly. <laughs> perfect. You're go, perfect. Oh, right. I just did me. Yeah. He said, "We, because uh, I do a lot of trailers with, like, character work. I did uh, Harry Potter, the recent last one, uh, you know. Um, uh, oh, my wife, you know. What was the what was the last one that came out? Um, uh, oh man, my wife is in the other room. I, it's not Magnificent Beast. It's like the one. No, that, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. The, the recent one, the, the uh, uh, Magnificent Beast or whatever. That we, and I do the characters like this, sort of English. In theaters Friday, Magnificent Beasts three, Harry or whatever. 
and and uh, so they're characters, but they're grounded in real in reality. But finally, I booked a trailer that was just my voice, and it took me so many years because we're all trying to put on a voice. We have masks on every day that we we you know we're out in public and we're, we're sometimes we're different people around different people, and and uh, you have to strip it all off and just be you. And, and the sooner you get to that point, that's when things start happening. You know. Um, because it's really hard to, to, uh, you know, back me up on this, to be comfortable with who we are. And it's yeah. taken me a long reckon time to get to that point. It's hard because we have an idea of ourselves and, you know, and it's not till we, we say, you know what, I don't care anymore. This is who I am. Blah. And that's when the magic starts to happen. Cause now you're not, you're not trying to do anybody else. You're just doing, you know, what, what, what makes you human. Yeah. Um, wow. it's hard to explain. Does that make sense? No, it, no it, absolutely. No, it does. Total. No, it makes yeah. sense. We, I think me and Dre, we was, we had did a show. We was talking about that. You know, he was yeah. having doubts about himself, about everything, you know, cause me and him used to do music and I was like, bro, you're great at the music you do. Like, stop yeah. doubting yourself. Like, and yeah, it, and it, it, yeah. it's it, so easy to do. It's so easy to, uh, because I'm hype, I'm uber critical. Uh, here's something else I'll 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 lay on you that on this show that I've really I don't I've not said too many times at all that there are very few shows that I've ever seen an entire the entire series or even an entire episode of what I've done. Because I'm all I watch it, I go, ah, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm, I'm disappointed in me. Why I could have done that better? I could have done this. Oh, you know. Um, so when people ask me this question. If you were approached to do Megatron again and another another thing, I, I first thing is, yes, sir, I would absolutely bring it because now I've been on the planet a little longer, have more point of reference. I can bring some more nuance and, and history to the character that I didn't really have when I was, uh, well, how old was I back in 94, 95? So, you know, um, yeah, so you're a different person in your in your teens and in your twenties and thirties and forties, and you have there's just more you can draw on. And I go, oh god, I could I could have really done something with that line. I mean, you, <laughs> you can't you can't but do, do you that all the time. But, but do you understand? Like you were epic in all all the roles that you talk about back then, and all the stuff that we watch. You were you were epic in everything. Like we, for us as people watching you, watching you do these voices, like yo, when I seen. Yeah. I went over your your Wikipedia. I'm like, yo, you were my, my Megatron for my Beast Wars. You were, I know that voice. When you did the voice, I like got goosebumps. I'm like, yeah. I don't think it can ever be touched again. <laughs> that Megatron for that Beast Wars. I'm like, that was. That's cool, just, man. You say, yeah, you say that because I, it's uh, you're gonna make me cry. So shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. You really like controlled a block of our weekend Saturday and Sunday we were devoted to watching all of these shows and you are the voice that we listen to Saturday mornings waking up serial before we went out to play or oh. anything first thing we did was listen to your characters watch the shows that you have voices on yeah. and you pretty much control blocks of time for us throughout the days of the weekend yeah and and it's exactly the same thing I did when I was when I was growing up, I had the same 
You know, what cereal? What was the cereal? Remember the cereal? What was your favorite cereal? Oh, man. I was eating Lucky Charms, Frosted Flakes <laughs> back then, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch. Crunch. Honey Nut Cheerios, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Crunch and Frosted Flakes were mine. You know, and I I always, because, of course, we all made me play great. Wait. You know, um, uh, but yeah, it was uh, nine number one was uh, was uh, Frosted Flakes, Tony the Tiger, uh, Captain Crunch is number two. But my mother would never buy Captain Crunch. Used to piss me off because well, we don't we we don't. That's too that's it's too expensive. We're not buying Captain Crunch. I go, come on, everybody's got Captain. Why why can't we have Captain Crunch? I used to get in fights with my mother about you know buy one box of Captain Crunch, you know, and then and then she come back with a. A fake brand in Canada. We uh, had this. What was the brand? It was Crackle Crunch. Uh, I don't know. It was, it was a store brand. I, it was a store brand. It okay. might have been. It was one of those like, but this isn't cap. It's the same thing. No, it's not. There's no cap. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. So it's, I did the same thing. There was uh, these weird cartoons. You know, growing up on uh, other side of upstate New York. You know, growing up near Toronto, and and we used to, I used to watch all Buffalo TV, um, Promo the Robot, and. Uh, and all these, all these cartoons, uh, Wizard of Oz. Um, what was that? Oh, Some of the cartoons I grew up with. Wizard of Oz. There's a funny, funny place where everyone wears a funny, funny face. I love that cartoon. I love all these weird cartoons. But all my influence was coming from Buffalo, coming from Rochester, New York, because I, I watched those channels. Right. And, and then the one station in, in Canada we, we uh, watched was uh, Mr. Dress Up. Which it's a real Canadian thing. And um, Casey and Finnegan, and, and uh, I look back and that was kind of creepy, but that's what we grew up with. But I mostly grew up with all you know, Cat and Kangaroo, and, and all this stuff out of the, across across the border. Um, but that's for all. That's my child. Same thing. Cereal, you know, cartoons. Yeah. Saturday mornings. Uh, that was it. And afternoons, Flintstones. You know, oh, and yeah. it was uh, and, uh, and and that's all that stuff. Um, so. so I- I, I want to go back to something that you said, because um, you said sometimes you look at your work and you kind of, you know, you, you, you kind of wish you did it another way. Mm-hmm. I see that you did some Marvel movie characters here. Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Yeah, That's uh, where, listen, I'm a Marvel head. We're all geeks, if you can't tell. Um, I'm definitely a geek. This guy is a geek. Oh, yeah. He's a cooler geek Dude. up here. Um, <laughs> but when To me, when you go back and watch... Like um, movies like Infinity War, Endgame, because uh, I believe you play Corvus Glaive in both of those movies. Yeah. Um, and also uh, when you go and, and look at um, like just other movies that you've done, I, I, I can't see you looking at those and say, ah, oh, man, I could have did that better. To me, it's perfect. Well, gosh, thank you. Um, I mean, we're all our own words critic in that. Uh, but when I get a chance to, to to work with Chloe Zhao on the on the on the Eternals recently, um, that 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 was a uh, I I I ha- I was pleased with it because when we went to the movie theater, my wife and I, it was a Wednesday afternoon here. It was when things were started starting to kind of open up here, uh, and it's like four people in the in the in the movie theater because okay, it'll be safe because no one's going to be going to the you know to the two thirty showing on a Wednesday. <laughs> um, and it was great. And the smell of popcorn. I walked in and went, ah, smell that. Smell that. I haven't smelled it for two years. Smell of popcorn. Ah, um, Beautiful. I'm alive. <laughs> and I went, we set up and, and, uh, I, I could not go to the premiere of my publicist. We were working on it, trying to get it, but it was a very small thing because there was still, uh, you know, heavy, uh, pandemic protocol. And, and it turned out there was, a. 
actually at the premieres, there was a few cases of COVID that popped up. And I said, well, you know what? That's a good thing. I didn't go. Um, I still would have liked to have gone to a thing. But being directed by Chloe Zhao for that movie uh, was was really cool. And and, um, I wanted to be good in that. You you played Erishim the Judge, correct? Erishim, yeah. 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 And, uh, (laughs) yeah, uh, that was cool. I shall return for judgment. Um, It's... uh, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it is time. That they, uh, I we sort of we did a few sessions, and it was very cloak and dagger. So great, used to bring the script out, and uh, it was a very secretive sort of thing. It was like you know, hand the script over and you know, erase everything. Out, you know, don't talk about it, don't mention anything. La, la, la. It was really yeah. You just yeah. You don't talk about. Anything yeah, Marvel. You don't, you don't talk about Fight Club. You don't talk. Yeah, but but they. Um, <laughs> but uh, the way Chloe, I was so, like, such a fan of, of hers. She, it's a very different style and feel of a Marvel movie, as you know. Uh, yeah. um, yes. It sort of takes it takes time to to expand in, in this universe, and and, and uh, I, I I quite enjoyed it. But when I heard my I, I sort of my I bristled up a bit, and I, I knew because here comes the scene because. I could see the character, and there's, and I'm like, like nervous. My hand, like palms are sweaty. I'm thinking, oh man, and I hear my voice from this character in this movie theater in the the, the just you know the speakers and the way it sounds. And I, literally, I just, I kind of went, oh, wow, because <laughs> I was very amazing. I, one of the very few moments, and look, this is just me, but I I was proud of of what I did here um because it goes back to when i was 12 years old in a comic book shop in my hometown in canada with a friend who passed away this past year unexpectedly of a heart attack and one of the last anybody to ever thank you uh but he was the kid who had a part-time he was the first part-time job in a bookstore down these old stairs creaky old wooden stairs the smell of that that dusty paper you know that that comic there's i remember comics everywhere in boxes and his job was to put them in, you know, uh, order and, and to sell them. And I would hang out with them on Saturdays all day going. And I remember the moment I, that came on and I thought about Dave because I remember him introducing me to Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, in particular, The Eternals. <laughs> oh, and there man. were six issues of The Eternals. Jack Kirby, He, I remember... And he said, here, take a look at these sort of thing. And I've just sat, I remember going through them. I remember these characters because they were, it was, they weren't, so we weren't very familiar with those, those characters. They were very unfamiliar. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, so yeah. Um, it was, it was quite the, quite a surreal moment to think that here's because of my friend introducing me to these damn comics as a kid. And I'm playing this character on the screen in this Marvel movie. And I say, whoa, you know? Uh, that was one of those moments I went, all right, okay, this is, this, this is great. Um, you know, so, uh, so it's safe. They, they have me back. <laughs> it's safe, I was going to say, it's safe to say that internals in, in eternals too, I'm pretty sure you, cause Erish and the judge is still around. Well, it, he has, he's, as we know, that's quite a big, those of you who haven't seen it, but there's he plays a pretty big oh, part yeah. of the story arc. You know, look, if they just signed, uh, uh, what's his name, to a three-picture, $100 million deal, what's his name? Uh, uh, he shows up at the Harry Harry Styles, who shows up at the end, and all the girls scream, 
And look, if he's coming back and they just sign him for a big deal, I thought, well, okay, I'm not getting that kind of dough, but I'm hoping. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. That. that they would have me back, you know, but who knows? They don't tell me anything. I came in on the project when it was like pretty much almost wrapped. They all had been, you know, shot. Everything had been done. They had to, you know, put me in. And we started with a, with my voice. We kind of, you know, played around with it. And then I, you know, you guys uh, seen Prometheus, uh, Michael Fassbender in the movie where he's, he's the yes. robot. And then, yeah. well, I, I suggested, what about um like a Michael Fassbender sort of, Sort of, I think, very soft, but um, we we sort of, and in, in here, very, you know, because uh, he couldn't get too, he's a god, so he can't, doesn't need to yell at all. He just needs to speak. And so we played around with that. And so we kind of settled on that style, but with my voice. And then they, 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 they uh, f- uh, phased it a little bit. And, 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 and that's, you know, they come up with this, um, this person it had to be clean sounding because if it was too deep if you guys know in music and in sound if it's too deep it doesn't come clean doesn't doesn't transfer doesn't you can't understand it so his voice had to be here cersei you know it is time so this is where we were here i will return for judgment and they took that and it sounded clean and then when they pitched it and it's and you can understand and it sounds good you can't pitch it lower if it's a lower voice. You know what I mean? Right. It's got to, you got to start here. So they can, they have room to kind of play and mold it a little bit. But the performance was, it's like walking a, a, a voice actor tightrope. You, you, it's so, you, you can't be excited. You, you, you it's very, uh, you know what I mean? It's, you, you can't, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't, I can't think. Can't go either way. Um, yeah, you got to be very careful about pushing too much one way or too much the other. Right. It can't be too soft, but it, and it can't be. You know, it's got to be. It's the, it's just three bears. You know, it's got to be not too cold, no, too hot, tonight. It's got to be just right, and you got to you know stay on that. You're t- saying a lot of words, exposition. You got to stay on that damn rope and not deviate. <laughs> so it was hard work. It was, you know, three or four hour sessions and a lot of fun. But it was to keep in the zone and, and to focus and to just. Be in here and, you know, not is it takes energy. And you, you kind of realize that whew, that's like uh, the voiceover version of Digging Ditches, man, uh, <laughs> which is get, very hard. We've done that. You, you, yeah. I and mean, we've all done that. We've all, you know, everyone, everyone should bloody well dug, dig a ditch once in life to know how freaking hard it is. To, oh, yeah. And and, um, and then you get that analogy. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was it was a trip. It was just so cool. And, and what a, what an honor. Man, you're like you don't understand. Yeah, like away. you're blown. We're blown away because we we've, <laughs> we've been following this whole Marvel thing, and we know what's coming. When we seen your character come into the screen, it's like, oh my gosh, they're going there with it. <laughs> like, yeah. well, do you remember? Do you remember that what was the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, remember we saw he, the character showed up. Little, it was, uh, was a little, uh, do you remember the, the Guardians of the Galaxy? There was a, um, it was a little version of it. You could see him in the background. If you go back and yes. look at the last one, he shows up. It's a little, uh, what do you call it, Easter egg sort of thing. Right. Erishim is in there. Oh, and, I remember. Uh, yeah. If you, if you want to rewatch that, you'll go, oh, there he is. There he is. There he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember that's how we knew the Eternals was coming. Yeah. Cause yeah. We, when we seen Erishim, I'm like, oh, my gosh, if the Eternals in here, you know, you got – Collect is coming pretty soon. Like uh-huh. this whole is, 
is all yeah. of this is what's coming next. This is this next phase to. of Marvel. Yes. They're going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. I'm waiting for that. I'm pretty sure he will be back. I know well, Marvel. Crossing my fingers. It's Holly- yeah, Hollywood's a cruel, a cruel place. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but good work is good work. If you're doing, if you're yeah. doing this, slamming it out the park like that. No, they I don't were happy. Understand. They were very happy. Chloe yeah. was happy. They're, no, they were all no. It was uh, they were very happy. So amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, we we appreciate you. Because <laughs> we just more we just just fanned out more than anything. Yeah, there's another one too. Remember that? Oh, he made. Yeah, Master of the Universe. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, oh, they redid it. They redid uh, uh versions. Kevin Smith did one version, and we did the other version. I don't understand how that all all works, but. I don't ask a lot of questions, but they cast me as uh, as uh, as Battle Cat, and I I was I was talking about being kids I, when I was younger. I was He Man was one of the ones I used to watch because friends of mine were in it, and back in when I was in Vancouver early on, starting out in the late eighties, I was in radio, and I, I knew some of the people that were doing cartoons, and they were doing he, and I was all I was so jealous. I went, oh my God, they're doing how do I get how do I get in that? How do I you know? And here many years later. You know, I get a chance to play, um, bring life to 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 Battle Cat, um, but I, again, that's it's another version of of. Um, uh, do you guys did you guys watch Game of Thrones at all? Um, yes, he's yeah, the uh, the Liam, the actor who is uh, you know the, the red the red witch, and then that king and the red witch is trying to, you yes. know, yeah, and he's and this, <clears throat> the Liam character is, is the right hand man to that king. He says, "Not a good idea, sir. I think it's a good idea." Just about it. She didn't. He didn't like her at all. He did not trust her. Uh, but that actor combined with Liam Neeson, and I came up with the voice for for this character because I wanted him to be a protector, to protect the king at all costs, protect Adam. So I had a bit of a Liam Neeson feel, and a bit of that other Liam from the Game of Thrones, and I had this sort of thing. So you know, it's just a variation of. Of of me, but as a protector, and he's got claws, you know, and and how that's that? how I came up with that guy. And I just I love, I love, I love that character. For something about the of all the stuff I've done, I look, I love everything, but I I love the you know uh, playing uh, Cringer in Battle Cat because uh, again, I think it's partly because of my childhood. He's an iconic character, and, and it's an iconic cartoon, and um, yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But yeah, it's just—it's sort of a—it's—it's—I it's, it's, um, don't—you know—Liam Neeson is an he's an Irish American, and he's up in here. He says he's—he has a big nose, so you kind of key on that. You kind of scrunch your nose and a bit of nasally in here. I don't know who you are, I don't know what you want, but I will find you and I will kill you. A particular set of skills, oh, shit. you know. So it's and so you use some of that, and you—it's you, layering in stuff. And I don't even know how I really do it. I—I um, I just kind of play around. Uh, and notice, I only wear one one headphone. Because okay. um, if you wear, listen, if you wear two headphones, you start to listen to yourself, and you can. It's it, you don't have the there's because when we record in animation, uh, we either use no headphones because you want to hear your own. That, that's the your natural voice. You want to hear re, what it sounds like in reality. But I want to hear the texture in my one side from the, from the mic. So I love this this Peluso man. This uh, this, this beauty, and I want to hear. The, re- the the real person out uh, on this ear, so that's why I only use one uh, headphone. I want to hear the rumble or the texture, and then I want to hear the, the, what it really sounds like with the uh, with it off the other ear. Um, and and, wow. and and here's something I've never told anybody else. This is the first, but when I recorded Beast Wars and back in the day when we we're working in Vancouver, it was always 
two headphones. It was, I don't know if it was a Canadian thing, but down here they were, didn't use headphones. And I, I listened to it back and, and that's why I would like to have another stab at it because with the two headphones on, it, it's, you start listening to, oh, the sound of my voice sounds wonderful. Doesn't, and, and, and so you lose a bit of the, the real sound here. You know what I'm talking about? So I, all those episodes are recorded with, with cans over, over the years. Um, and I always thought, God, I should have, why didn't I know? But we didn't know, you know, um, experience. Yeah. Experience. And now I can't do it any other way. And a lot of times I'll just, I won't even use the headphones that I want to just see, I want to hear the room. I want to hear, you know, what it's, what it's sounding like. Uh, Cause oh. the engineer will fix all that stuff. If, if they're not liking what they hear and they're going to, they're going to tell you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yo, you were like <laughs> blowing my mind. Tasty tidbits there. Every, but everybody had the, everybody had two uh, in Canada. They were all doing with the two on and I come down here to do shows, you know, and I, and like, and did Scooby-Doo for the first time. And number one, I always stand. Like, I'm always standing. I'm always, when I'm working, I'm standing like that, you know, because I'm, I'm up, everything's open, and I can do all kinds of things and be physical. I can't sit. You know, Tara Strong and, 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 and Gray Delisle and everybody else, and, and Frank, they, they sit in Scooby-Doo. Goats. Yeah, they're all goats. And, yeah. and they sit. And I remember my first episode of Scooby-Doo, and I'm, I'm thinking all excited because, oh, my God, Scooby-Doo. I realized that I was a kid 50 years ago, and Frank was Scooby, and, and you know, he was, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I, he did that. And I looked over and I went, holy shit, that's Frank Welker. And I, I'm the only one standing. It's like, it's like I have a bunch of children, <laughs> gray here, and they're all, they're all sitting down. I'm looking down on everybody. Like, all right, children, time to do a cartoon, you know. And, and, and I, they, I can't sit. <laughs> so that was the number one thing in the, about the, the working with them all. But, oh, my God, what a, what a thrill because I got to hear Frank do like, okay. What'd you do for two Scooby Snacks? Uh-uh. How about three Scooby Snacks? Okay. <laughs> and, and it was like, it, it blew my mind. But I got the chance to say the famous words that we all know that come from Scooby-Doo, and that is, I would have gotten away with it, too, if it weren't for you meddling kids. You know, and I go, I said it. I got the line. I got the line. You know, and I was so thrilled. I'm driving home, and it's L.A., and it's sunny. I got the line. I, and no one else could give a crap because who they, you know. But to me, that was like, I've made it. Mom, I've made it. I said the line. <laughs> that is the most. That was amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Because oh we got the line, too. We got the line, too. And I, I, my favorite characters up there, I always uh, it's from my childhood. Where is it? It's uh, uh, this guy here. You may or oh. may not remember. You probably be. Oh, if you're older than I, you're not older than I am. I know that. But, uh, Let's see. What's uh, it's um, uh, good friend of mine drew that Vincent Price. Do you remember Vincent Price? You ever watch any of those old movies? He looks familiar. If you yeah, haven't, if you haven't, he's he was uh, the narrator writer in 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 the. In, uh, the um, uh, Michael Jackson's a thriller, you know. Uh, remember the deep, deep is now what was it? Yeah, the, um, he was a voice, and yes, and he spoke like this. And he used to do these old movies and introduce. I was a dark and stormy night, and he had this voice, and and I used him a lot in in, in Scooby Doo. But so 
all these influences from my childhood and this particular character, um, that's how I come up with all this stuff. Oh. He has this, this thing. He's very, very Shakespearean British. Anyway. Uh, so you go and search what? Vincent Price, and there's a. I just did. I am the macabre, <laughs> and if you watch him, he has the most amazing voice, and is so freaking creepy, and it's great. Of course, coming into the Halloween season, and, oh um, and he, he's like he's like a legendary sort of. But listen to like Morgan Freeman, uh, Vincent Price, all these 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 voices that are storytellers, and they they take you to another place. Um, that's very who my, my influences yeah. are. You know who's a very influential guy? The guy that does all the stuff for National Geographic. Uh, he, he, you know, when they just film the animals and he's just speaking, he's bringing you into the David jungle. David Edinburgh. Yeah. Yes. So, oh do you, you know, if you search, I, I did a thing for, uh, for NFL football last season. And it was, um, I've done a lot of Dave Attenborough stuff. And, and if you, if you look onto, I'm just going to do something quick here. Um, no, 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 no. Attenborough, let me just say. Uh, uh, so they asked me to do uh, videos quickly. I'm sorry, sorry. You want to do anything? Here? That's no problem. Um, uh, so you you forget you're thing. watching animals. Yeah, you know um, <laughs> moments. Top five moments. Where is it? Um, yeah. So listen. Two hours and twenty miles later. So uh, I'm 93. He does David Attenborough. I'm 93. It's, you know, two animals who, you know, uh, what was some of these same? 4,000 miles later, the animals arrive in New Zealand. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a scratchiness. He's 93, so he's up here. He's very proper, very British. And you do this uh, Attenborough thing. And uh, the eagles soar high as in below the, the animals wait for their inevitable doom. And it's, it's sort of breathy, and, and, and so I listen to that, and, and I, I, tr I try and find his where he is. It, he's in here. He has a British accent, and so I, he breathes and lives. And what a lot of people forget to do when they're creating characters is to let the character breathe. It's not just saying the line, words, all the way, no, 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 no. Sometimes when you and I, t we're talking right now, there are moments when we stop, we pause, we take a breath, we, um, you know, that's, creating that's giving the character human qualities you know what i mean wow okay um so when david attenborough speaks he takes a moment to think and to read and that's where the nuance and the texture comes in here and when he says here it's almost like he's breathing here um and so it's just all you know uh, i love attenborough he's one of my my favorite it's such a wonderful voice and, and a guy who knows how to tell a story and because this is really what it's all about, it's just telling stories, man. You know, it, it's all we're doing. Oh my uh, god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! You are. There's, a, there's an NFL. There's a, there's an opening for a Seattle Seahawks game I did, and it was uh, uh, in the vein of David Attenborough. It's on, it might be on the website somewhere, but I know it's. Uh, I'm gonna check it out. I am so you just did that, and they was and when you did that, they were just like, did they look at each other like? Well, okay. I, I didn't see them, but I know the guys. Look, I've done a lot of work for for Fox Sports and done narrative openings for you know World to World Series and, and, and NFL football and, and hockey down in Canada, and so and it's all very storytelling. And and I know that when I did the Attenborough thing, um, I know that the guy, the, the, one of the writers from Fox Sports, is it was like basically like, uh, dude, I, I'm that's scary. And so I thought, okay, I've come close. In a, in, a, in a few words, 
if he's a dude that's scary, I go, all right, all right, I'm in the I'm in the ballpark. I am. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, but it's I... all when you've got a, it's it's all about useless using your ears. And you you as musicians know that these are probably the, the the top tools. You know the top two, three tools in your toolbox, you got to have, because you got to know, number one, okay, that sucks. How do we fix it? And then when you fix it and make it, make it better, that's when you can call yourself a professional. Because if you do something, you go, no, 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 let me do that again. And then you do it and fix it and it's better. You go, okay, now that's when you become, that's in the professional territory. Musicians do that, you know, when they're creating beats, creating music, creating stuff. They listen to something. It's like mm, not not there. They add some texture. They add some little something. They add a little something. They create something. You know, when you're creating a beat, for example, you know, you you can uh, turn a vacuum on and record that sound, and then put that through some processors, and you have this weird little sound, and it adds something interesting to the beat or the song, and it's something completely different than anybody else would think of. And that's the same idea as what we're doing here, creating voices. We're adding layers and textures and trying things. D. Bradley Baker uh, is a, friend, a good friend of mine, and, and just to watch him work is insane. And D's one of these guys will use a can. And he will create his voice with a can. I'm in here. So, okay, that's interesting. When I did uh, TF Animated, I did the Insecticon. So I, I used the mandibles. I saw the picture of the um, the character. Had, he was an insect. So the insects have mandibles since here. So I talk like this. Like that, I just push my 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 you know jaws. Yeah, we are a hive. We are we are insecticons. Um, and that's what? I had to do the the job with my hand here, but that's how you create layers and and, and interesting things to to come up with a character. Um, you don't have to use just standard coming up with a goofy voice. You can use a can to create some sort of a. Can. I don't know. You know who knows. Maybe that'll work. Somebody oh, listens to that and they go, oh, that's kind of cool. I love it. Um, yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's amazing. Lessons, just little little tricks, little things you learn over the years. Yeah. Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I yeah. feel like a kid in a candy store right now. You don't understand. <laughs> like I'm like nerding out to the uh, 10th power. And a candy kid. You can't. Hey, listen, listen. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yo! Like, great. This is great. <laughs> this, 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 this is great. Know, but you wanted me to come up with. You wanted me to use a couple of voices on the show. Oh so my, I, yeah, I yeah, to, yeah. To you, bring out you, something. Yeah, you dug yeah. deep. <laughs> you dug deep in your that's magic that's, hat of tricks. Okay, that's, that's why we were just we were just taken aback by. Yeah, by the, I was. And, and the transform just like that. Yeah, it was a truly amazing yeah. experience. Amazing. Oh my gosh, yeah, oh. It's, it's fun. I mean, God, man, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, what, what else can you say? It's like, uh, I try and teach my son and my my daughter. I said, look, if you find something you can do for the rest of your life, don't even think about the money. Think about if you have a, a job that you can look forward to getting up on Monday and doing, then you found something special, you know. Because um, if you can't, because I, I I'm at a point where like I, I Fridays are like, ah, yeah, okay. Because I know that I'm not going to, unless well, I do the work for last week tonight, we always record on Saturday. So there's sometimes I work in Saturdays, but other times it's like Friday comes around. I'm like, ah, I guess I got to, guess I got to work out or something on Saturday. Like, but Monday it's like, all right, what do we got? Bring it. Come on. What do we got? Give me something. Hit me. Um, and I, I'm anxious to get, to get going, you know, uh, I love that. So you, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be voiceover stuff, but. Whatever you do in life, if you find something like that where you can't, all right, let's go. 
that, that's magic, man. Um, I admire that. I admire that very much. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. We don't ever, and, and got people listening or whatever. Don't ever think about, don't make money the motivator. Don't ever, don't ever, that is, that is the, the worst thing you can possibly do. Make it yeah. about being happy. You know, honestly, because we got one go around and, and, you know, and the world is in a weird place right now. And, and we all know it's just you got to be happy, man. Yes. Um, and so, uh, yeah, make that your motivation. Man, listen, listen. Sure words were never spoken. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Is key. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you know, we definitely appreciate you for spending some time with us. Man. Oh, guy, what a, what a joy! Talk about yeah. joy. You guys are awesome. Where? Oh. So now, where are where are you? Where, well, where? me and Kev are in Jersey. Uh, Dre used to be in Jersey. He just moved to Florida. I'm in Florida. Oh, yeah. how, how, and you're you're fine. Everything's uh, you're you weren't affected or what's I'm the I'm good. Um, yeah. I'm like closer to like uh, on the side where Miami is, but on uh-huh. the oh, yeah, other okay. side of Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they they so got listen, it really bad. Uh, I I'll be in Pensacola in February. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sounds so like the, a trip. I, I'm not sure if that's, uh, but I'm saying it. So I'll be in. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the, the February uh, and. Um, <laughs> I think James Arnold Taylor and myself, first time we've ever been together at a con, uh, so as Ratchet and Clank, like together, we'll, I think we'll be in, in, in Pensacola in, uh, in February. Let me see how far that is from me. I'm new, yeah, I'm new to Florida. It's probably like four hours, <laughs> four yeah. hours or so. Yeah, and I, I, I want to come to, yes, yeah, so, I haven't been to New York. I usually go to New York fairly often, but I haven't been. Uh, but uh, I'm going to be in Chicago uh, coming up at the TF Con uh, October 21st, 23rd. Um, I'm looking forward to Chicago. There's a restaurant that I want to hit downtown, man. Um, uh, James Beard Award winner, and uh, there's a couple places I'm gonna try and hit when I'm in there. But we're out at the airport at, uh, near O'Hare, and that's uh, TFCon. And I'm in the Washington State Toy Show. Uh, that's November the fifth and sixth uh, in Puyallup, just uh, south of Seattle. I'll be up there to sign again. And at uh, that one, uh, I can tell you that Gary Chalk and Ian Corlett and myself, uh, the original Beast Wars. Uh, crew will be signing uh, autographs and stuff and toys there at the Washington State Toy Fair. And then uh, SAC Anime, I think it's SAC Anime? I'm in Sacramento, I think, in January as well. Um, oh, so that's, that's the, that's the early, it's the few shows I know. Yeah, SAC Anime at Kev. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I am an anime. Yeah? I am an anime junkie. Why don't you that's... come out? Okay, let's do a live show. Let's do a, join me at SAC Anime in January. Set it up. Let's do a, let's do something. Jan, Jan, oh, give me the date. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll write it down. Uh, yeah, you can you can find it. It must be on the inter uh, inter interweb interweb somewhere. But yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be cool, man. That would be that. awesome, actually. Epic, epic. Sorry. Yeah, Anime. I'm excited just hearing stuff out like there. There's, there's a bunch of shows I can't tell you anything about at the moment. Maybe by that time I can mention one or two of them. There's some, there's some good stuff coming out. Inside scoops. Yeah. I can't right. say, can't say We can travel. Trust me. Our whole our whole studio setup is all mobile and we can just yes. that'd be fun. I, 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 I that'd be great if we could do that. That'd be fun. Oh January sixth to January sixth. Yeah, sixth. Let's do it. Yeah. Don't don't forget us when you see us the opinion of the podcast. We're no, just uh, we'll set it up. Just uh, yeah, actually you know what? after the after we uh, sign off in here, uh, just the email uh Nicole 
or Michelle and just say, you know, and we're going to, we'll, we'll have some time. We'll, we'll set it up. Oh my gosh. That's That'd awesome. Nice. Yeah. Six yeah. On eighth. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You, listen. Kev, you want to take us out of here, Kev? Well, first listen. off, you blew us away. Amazing. Amazing. You know what I mean? You're the goat of our childhood when it comes to anime, cartoons, weekends. <laughs> we dedicated our time to to your voices yeah. antics man this right here is legendary thank you yeah. thank you thank yeah. you thank you. Is... Uh, you, you you made my uh my my month <laughs> my year <laughs> appreciate oh, you legendary i appreciate y'all everybody listen if you're a kid from the 80s like 80s baby you grew up with this voice please mm-hmm. thank you i mean thank you for your time oh you're very welcome uh, you guys are a joy it was just so much fun <laughs> All righty, <laughs> we're out of here, guys. That's the end of the show, man. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll email you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Opinionated Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, Please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com.